turn this up. Welcome to the Practice in Motion podcast, where we talk sports, culture, food, oh, and the law. The Practice in Motion podcast is about bringing engaging conversations sprinkled with nuggets and insights about the legal aspects of everyday life. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. We are back. Practice in Motion. I'm Asia. I'm Steve. And we are here. It's just us two today. We've had a few guests recently on the show, but now Steve and I are back just to chit-chat about what's been going on. Yeah, yeah. So, Asia, tell us what's been going on with you. Asia Days. Asia Days. Asia Days. I put that on everything. This is crazy. So, Asia, it's been a little while, so... Tell us, what's been going on? What's been happening in your life? It has been a while. Work has been busy, of course, but always good. I've actually gotten the chance to spend some time with family a few weeks ago, and that was also amazing. That trial that I mentioned a few weeks back, actually, we got a decision back in regards to that. And it's funny because it was divorce trials aren't common. And so when you're actually waiting for a decision, the judge said two weeks and it ended up being like a little over three weeks. So my client's like, you heard anything? You heard anything? And so I'm like, no, but we finally got it. And, you know, it was fair. And that was the one thing that you have to, you know, prepare a client for is what a judge is likely to do. And so we gave my client all the options possible. And of course, the judge's decision ended up being one of those options. So it's good that he wasn't like shocked or anything like that. It was all fair and reasonable, which is really at the end of the day, what a judge has to do in a divorce case. It's governed by law. There's a lot of different factors they look at for each marriage that's going through a divorce. So it all in all was a good experience. Oh, excellent. I'm glad that your client was not shocked, which is a lot of times <laughs> the best outcome. And you never know, even if you can prepare them for the worst or even the best, it's not exactly how they want. Sometimes it can be bad. <laughs> it really can be. The question is this. I think that one of the questions in a divorce people ask is, how does maintenance and spousal maintenance work in Wisconsin? Was there a time when a judge will order it? Like, what's the length of time in a marriage that they might order? Right. So it's all depend on a set of factors, about 10 factors in the Wisconsin statutes. And the length of the marriage is definitely one of the factors. Typically, anything that's over around like eight years or so, that's considered a long-term marriage. So the longer the marriage is, of course, the more the more likely maintenance is going to be ordered. But there's also a lot of different other factors, what the parties do for a living, their occupation, the earning capacity, any health concerns that maybe one party may have. But the whole objective of maintenance is for the parties to live the same lives or as close to possible life that they were living while they were married. So if that's only possible with one party paying another party for a certain amount of time, then the courts will order that. But they also know that divorce is supposed to make, you know, people separate. So there's usually a time frame on it, but sometimes it can be for an indefinite period of time until death or, or remarriage. But in my client's case, it was for seven years, I think. Eey. Yeah. Does that mean it's like better to get divorced before you get to <laughs> you to year seven if you're going to cut bait? I mean, yes. If you're thinking about it, I would say go ahead and do it before <laughs> because if you're making a lot of the money in the marriage, then it's a possibility, but who knows? Yeah, that's something I always was cognizant of because you have to 
worry about, okay, whose pocket is going to get, who's more sympathetic, right. things of that nature. And even though they're not supposed to consider, judges are supposed to consider if there's like infidelity, they're people too. Yeah. And so there's yeah. always the unclean hands thing that kind of right. weighs in their psyche. So it's one of them things that I know a lot of people that get like separate and they never get around to filing the paperwork. But I think by doing that, you soak up for a surprise. Right, right. You never know. But no, it was good. I'm glad it's fine. I'm happy for my client that the chapter is finally closed and he can he can start a new chapter of his life. So right after that trial, I ended up going to Mexico and it was definitely a good time. I spent time with my family, but it was so crazy on the way back. I flew from Cancun to Chicago and midway, well, not even midway, we're probably like an hour from Chicago and the pilot's like, yeah, we're trying to beat a storm coming in. I think we'll get there, you know, five minutes past two or whatever get ready for landing. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get there a little early. Like, let's go. So right around two, he's like, we didn't make it. The storm's there. So now we have to stall. They're watching all the planes that are supposed to be landing. They're all stalling. And some of the planes diverted to other cities. But he kept on checking in with us. Probably been like 30 minutes or so. You can literally feel the plane just like we're just sitting in the air, just like floating there. Oh, wow. So... He's like, yeah, we don't want to go anywhere else. We're going to wait it out. So the storm should be passing. Storm passes, I guess. Come to find out, we can't land in Chicago. So we did all that waiting. He was like, yeah, we're going to go to Milwaukee. I'm secretly happy on the inside because like, that's where I live. But of course, everybody <laughs> on the flight's like, oh. And so the one thing about me is like, yeah, I had someone coming to pick me up in Chicago. Uh, so I like, I couldn't like text them that, no, we're going back to Milwaukee. Turn around. Don't drive there. So it was a crazy. And then when we landed in Milwaukee, Customs like didn't know what to do with us. Like to take us to a gate, take us straight to Customs. So it was kind of a mess. But it was nice because I went straight into Milwaukee and everybody was getting on a shuttle to go back to O'Hare. Oh, man. If you are in Chicago, you were mad. Yeah, it have to be. A lot of people were upset. But it's always crazy because I always have crazy flying experiences. But yet you fly still. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to travel. You have to travel. So, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm glad you made it back in one piece and right. that it all worked out in the end. So, you may have an unpopular opinion for us. Always. <laughs> This is Steve's unpopular opinion. Why? Because I'm too honest, and that's my character flaw. You, you, you said it, not me. So this is kind of a controversial topic, and people end up <laughs> on both sides of the fence. But since we're talking about divorce, I figured I would take one of my many unpopular opinions and pick one on brand. And this one is, people who aren't married shouldn't live together. <laughs> oh, wow. That's my unpopular opinion. Really? Yeah, because... I've lived <laughs> with a number of women romantically and platonically. And <laughs> I have learned this about just in my observations about relationships and my friends is that marriage is a glue, right? When you don't want to deal with a person, you got to deal with that person. So it right. kind of by extension forces you to grow up and do adult things, have <laughs> adult conversations. But when you ain't married to a person, that glue isn't there. So you don't have to be there. Now you can leave. <laughs> yeah. So it's too easy to just pick up your stuff and leave and go. Also, I think that people who aren't married shouldn't live together because I think to have, keep romance and the spark, you got to have space. Like, if you always together, you're going to burn out quick. Right. You know what I mean? And so to keep your individuality, to keep some mystery in the relationship and all of that stuff, I think that you should maintain separate residences. 
So when someone does get married to another person, it's their first time living together. Like, they don't even know how each other, like, how they sleep. Oh, you spent a couple <laughs> nights together before. Okay, well, I would say definitely more than a couple because <laughs> those are major things. You have to know, like, I was just... But, you know, statistically, arranged marriages work the best. Like, okay. they last the longest. There's a lower incidence of divorce with that because... A lot of times, I like being around you. You like being around me. We've been together a long time. They treat relationships like a progression, like a ladder. Like, they're getting a promotion. You <laughs> know what I mean? So then you get promoted from dating to exclusive to engaged to marriage. Then now I'm a wife. But then what else you got to look forward to? Well, the last thing is, I'm going to get you pregnant. <laughs> you know, and now we are parents. So you worked your way up the ladder in the company, but then what do you do once you reach the pinnacle of the ladder? No, that's true. That's true. But I would just say, like, you don't really know someone until you live, live with them. them. So it's like, how can you say you can, like, marry someone and y'all haven't Live spent... together? Yeah. It's Sometimes just... it's better not to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably so. But maybe... Once you're engaged, maybe that's more of an appropriate time, right. in your opinion, I guess. Yeah, like me, I because I know myself, and I think you got to really know yourself as a person. And I know for me, I need my space. Like, yeah. I'm not a needy, high-maintenance individual. Like, I could do long distance really, really well. <laughs> like, if you come and see me once a month, that is plenty of wow. time. We could squeeze all I don't all know what girl our... is agreeing to that. I see. That's why it's unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's my unpopular opinion. If you want to get the most out of your relationship, please. I know I sound old school. I guess I grew up in the church and shacking <laughs> up was frowned upon, but people still do it. But I just say for the health of your relationship, keep your own space and keep your own stuff. Yeah. Because I've had many a homeboy crashing on my couch because they girl kicked him out or <laughs> vice versa. But when y'all married, hey, my name on this mortgage too. I'm sleeping. I'm going to be right here. <laughs> you mad at me. You go over there. Right. But we're going to have to get it together because we in the same house and both our names is on the deed and we can't go nowhere. But True. Until then. Until then, keep your own out. stuff, man. Or at least have a bat cave or something. <laughs> well, speaking of health, so it's summertime now, so everybody wants to get a little fit and eat right. I think I'm about to start a little 30 plan okay. meal thing with my sisters and mom. But what are you doing to stay active? And, you know, outside is open too now. Yeah. So it's like back to normal. But you know what? I have really tried to focus on my diet. So I'm eating, changed my eating pattern and just really focused on high protein, low mm -hmm. carb. So I'm eating a lot of protein right now and a lot of salads. So my right. vegetable intake is up. And uh, working out and uh, walking. I enjoy walking a lot more, so. Well, yeah, well, now it's a great time for that. Now that the weather is finally right consistently, I think. <laughs> right. One of my buddies put me on something. He said he's doing an hour of cardio a day. So I think I'm going to oh try that to try to lean out super fast. Right. So I'm going to try to walk every day for an hour. And my goal is to walk four miles yeah. a day. I started an experience a few months ago, and then I was, like, good for, like, a few weeks. And then, like, I haven't really gone, <laughs> gone back to the gym. But I do want to start back up in the gym. But, yeah, now that outside is open, it's just, like, so much more to do. I want to, like, ride bikes or go. I really want to play tennis this Ooh, summer. Because okay. I know that's, like, that's a good workout. And I also know I'll probably be terrible at it. But ah. I used to, when I was little, tempt to play tennis. I was going to say, was you uh, Serena? No, no, definitely not. I was... Far from it. <laughs> Far from the goats. So, but yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, Asia, well, as you know, I've watched more basketball recently than I can remember 
in any time. I'm like glued to yeah, my to television the to the play. Not only because my Milwaukee Bucks are in it competitive and they're right. looking good every other night. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but also because the games are just ridiculous. Yeah. And I think we got to have several of the semifinals go to game sevens. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I noticed is that FanDuel is a big sponsor for yes. the games. And it was weird because I was watching the TNT basketball crew talk right. about the over-under right. like on TV. I'm like, this is weird. Right. The FanDuel and the sports betting, it's like alive and real. Like, especially, I think, like, we were talking before we started about how it's been legalized for, mm-hmm. you know, a few years now. But I think this is the real big showing of it, especially with TNT, like, mm-hmm. sponsoring or their advertisement and stuff. So it is fun, though. It's fun to do. And it's kind of hard, though. Mm -hmm. Because those games are like, they're so unpredictable. Yeah, so I was looking it up. And so the NCAA, there was a court case in the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court ruled that in Murphy versus the NCAA that the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act violated the 10th Amendment of the Constitution. And so that basically opened the door to legalize sports betting. So once the Supreme Court, for people who don't know, but from when the Supreme Court makes a ruling, it doesn't automatically become the law. There is really is just guidance to states to how to enact the law right. and how they're going to move because there's a separation between the feds and the state. So what this ruling did was allow states to open it up. And so I was trying to figure out why there was such a gap between this 2018 decision to 2021. Now everybody is like, Betting. And it must have been because it took some time for the state legislatures to get their statutes together and legalize. And there's a couple of states that have already legalized it already. Yeah, full blown. I know Michigan, Indiana, there's a few. I think there's about like 10 yeah, or 12 New Jersey states. Is another yeah, one. that you can do all the FanDuel betting stuff. I think so. What they do on TV is, well, it's for money, but it's not, I guess, by a certain state. It's right. through the TNT games or whatever. So. It's becoming real crazy. I've seen like a few Instagram pages, certain bets where people are betting like $40 and getting like flipping $10,000 or something crazy. You know, those are for those real out there, wild, wacky bets. But yeah, you can definitely see some return in those bets if you watch enough basketball. So do you think that's a good thing? Because I don't know if you know, I'm probably going to date myself, but I'm a student (laughs) of history. And one of the reasons that Boxing went the way, kind of has a bad reputation because people always bet on boxing, right? right? And people would try, and the mob and other criminal elements would try to get people to throw fights, do things of that nature. And that's kind of put a black eye on boxing because people were fixing fights and fixing. So that's why they kind of outlawed one of the impetus to outlaw sports betting to begin with. So do you think that this might open the door as more money flows in and People try to manipulate the outcomes of games. Yeah, it definitely is a risk. I mean, I know some people are like smart with it. It also can be unhealthy <laughs> to, to continue betting, you know, all these crazy amounts of money and stuff. So, but there's definitely that risk, I would say. We'll see. I don't know. It's just, you know, how responsible states are with how they definitely draft their laws and things like that. And then obviously how responsible the betters are. There's also been a string of bad behavior by fans with different players. Mm-hmm. There was an incident with Russell Westbrook. There was an incident with Trey Young. Yeah. There was all these various incidents. And ESPN's Stephen A. Smith and a bunch of other commentators were saying that this sports betting is the reason why. Like, people 
one coming outside again because of COVID Mm -hmm. restrictions being lifted. But then also they might have a lot of money on the games and they're trying to influence the outcome and that might influence bad behavior as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a slippery slope type thing. So we'll have to see. Hopefully playoffs aren't going to last forever. So hopefully hopefully people chill out a little bit, but we'll have to see what happens with these games. Go Bucks. Make us proud. (laughs) Right. They got to win on the road. So I'm hoping the basketball guys are generous. With that being said, that's all we have for you. And please tune in at the next episode. See y'all. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review in your favorite podcast app. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions or just want to say hi, you can reach out on our website listed in the show notes. Till next time, practice in motion.